If the US is looking a bit more Goldilocks-like, is Europe her ugly sister? Okay, I know I'm getting fairy tales mixed up there, but everything's a bit mixed up lately, isn't it? The fact is, though, there are more signs of a soft landing for the US, but more signs that inflation in Europe is slow to come down. And where does Australia sit on all of that? Inflation has slowed, and that might help the RBA to decide to keep things on hold next week. But will it last? It's Thursday, the 31st of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Another fall in the US dollar, down almost 0.4% today. But today, the Aussie dollar also down a bit, down uh, below 64.8 US cents, with a half percent gain in the pound and 0.4% up for the euro. The yen is down a quarter percent as well. And US stocks are up, but not in leaps and bounds. Half a percent for the NASDAQ, though, uh, back over 14,000. The S&P is up 0.4%. The Dow just 0.1%. Uh, the Euro stocks 50, though, is down a quarter percent at close and a small 0.1% rise for the FTSE 100. We've got small moves in bond yields, but generally they are lower, although uh, 10-year treasuries are pretty flat. But two-year treasury yields are down three. Aussie 10-year yields are down, well, they were down three basis points yesterday to 4.07%, uh, and then another four basis points lower on the futures overnight. Uh, but up three basis points for German bunds, and oil is up, but not much really less than 0.2% for Brent, half a percent for WTI. So not massive moves overnight, uh, perhaps because the story out of America is one of softness in a good way, as far as the Fed is concerned. Let's look at that with uh, Nabs Rodrigo Catrill in Sydney. So uh, first of all, Rodrigo, I mean, the Q2 GDP growth rate, the second estimate, has been revised down from 2.4% to 2.1%, which is exactly what the Fed wants to see, isn't it? A softer economy. <laughs> um, morning, Phil. Yes, there. Um, and overall, there's, there's, there's been a sort of a feel of softness of data in, in US over recent mm. days. And that's kind of been the, the big theme for uh, for markets in general in, in terms of not only pricing less uh, Fed hike expectations, uh, but at the same time, you know, weighing on the US dollar and, and as you mentioned, yields as well. So in terms of the GDP, yeah, it was revised down. Um, it's, it was quite a, you know, 0.3 revision, uh, which is significant. And uh, uh, inventories, yeah. again, uh, playing a big factor there from turning from positive to negative numbers. Um, uh, and CapEx, business equipment, was also revised down. So um, overall, um, it, it does suggest that maybe the, the economy wasn't traveling as strongly as expected. Um, you know, the, the expectations for Q3 are still pre, a pretty solid print. Um, so it's it's kind of that narrative of actually the economy doing okay, maybe not, not as well as we, we thought. Uh, but then you have all these other dynamics suggesting that, that there's a softness uh, evolving in the labor market and that the consumers also become a little bit more shy. So um, it, it's yeah. playing to that sort of soft landing narrative in, in general. So CapEx is, 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 is bad, though, isn't it? I mean, we'd rather see CapEx up and consumption down. If we're seeing CapEx, and that is, uh, you, you know, future production capacity, uh, which could, you know, arguably add to inflation. I mean, I'm sure it's, we're only talking marginal moves. But you, you mentioned jobs. Let's look at that because the ADP number, the number which we, we want to ignore because it uh, doesn't always tell us what we want to hear. But when it tells us what we want to hear, fantastic. <laughs> and uh, last night it showed U.S. jobs growth was 177,000, which is a lot lower than expected and well below 
the figure they had for last month, which was 371,000. So uh, if we believe it, another sign of, uh, you know, we'll put it to that list you've been talking about of, of signs of the easing uh, easing jobs market and softer data generally. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, with the caveat that this number is, is very volatile and hasn't got a very reliable sort of track record of telling us where non-farm perils is heading. Uh, but certainly it, it sort of adds to, to what the market is looking for or hoping for in terms of like that softness in, in the labor market. So uh, on the day, it's, it's certainly played into into that move lower for, for US Treasury yields. But um, the one that really matters is that number that comes out on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And then corporate profits we got yesterday as well. So this is interesting, isn't it? Because we have seen this growth in the in the in the share market, uh, and the preliminary read for Q two they're expected to fall five point nine percent, but they actually rose one point six percent. So is that good? Could we call this a Goldilocks scenario in that we've got you know the the economy slowing, but corporate profits doing okay, uh, or is this you know? T- too good i mean could this be one of those situations i'm but guess i'm asking is this good news is good news or is this good news is bad news uh, well i think that yeah so in terms of the corporate profits um if if you argue that this is because companies are still able to pass on those increasing in in costs then then it then yeah, it's inflationary, inflationary. And, yeah. and it probably prices the narrative that uh, we we're going to have a bit of stickiness in terms of because um, uh, you've kind of had the, the low um, uh, picking fruits in terms of the decline of inflation. The big challenge is whether you can get it down, you know, from that three, three and a half to two percent. And, and that may prove to be a lot more difficult than, than you know, the previous decline. Yeah, and it's quite a big number as well. So it fell by 100 for domestic businesses, which are, I, I guess is more important than international businesses. If we're, if we're looking at that inflation argument, domestic businesses fell 103 billion in Q1, their profits fell by that much and lifted by 17 billion in q2 that's quite a turnaround it is it is but it's also um it just tells you a little bit of be mindful of the volatility of those numbers as well there can be seasonality factors as Mm. well so um i think we probably need a little bit more data um but certainly for instance the general feeling is that q3 is actually going to be a solid number and and only the the slowdown in terms of data activity activity in, in the economy is, is actually a story for Q4 rather than Q3. So, um, yeah, too I early, think we need a little bit more data. Yeah, it's too early. Yeah. All right, so what about Australia then? We had the inflation numbers yesterday, the monthly indicator. That's slowing from 5.4% down to 4.9%, which is less than the market was expecting. Actually, what NAB had been expecting, if people listen to NAB, uh, and they should, because that's what we've been saying, but... Uh, also, uh, we shouldn't uh, overplay this, should we? Because, I mean, f- fuel, fruit and veg and travel is much higher. Uh, and as we've been saying all week, it's heavily weighted in favour of goods as well. So all of that means that this number could revert back a bit, couldn't yes. it? Yes. Uh, so first of all, massive call out to Taylor because he, he really got that one spot on um, uh, on 4.9 mm. year on year. And, and also in terms of the details, because he, he has been warning us, as they're saying, for one, uh, for instance, that uh, rebate in, in terms of the electricity um, was going to sort of play a bit of a downward force on, 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 on numbers. Um, but overall, uh, and as you mentioned already, that this monthly print is very much good uh, heavy. Um, and then services are going to become a little bit more significant or influential when you look at the August and September numbers. So, so we're still mindful that uh, we should see uh, an uptick in, in those monthly readings uh, over coming months. 
um, whilst at the same time, um, you know, uh, if you've got to remember that from a central bank perspective, it's not the headline number that matters, but it's the, the you know, the, the core reading, so X energy and food. Uh, and that decline was more subdued to 5.8 uh, from 6.1. So 5.8 is still pre-elevated. Uh, and, and bearing in mind as well that you still have that services kick that we expect to come. And there's still this sort of unknown impact that, that the increase in wages is going to have on services inflation on Q3 and Q4. So uh, we're still very, very mindful that the, the inflation uh, in Australia will prove to be a little bit sticky. Uh, and, and it will challenge the RBA's view, but not not now in September. More of a story for, you know, October, right. November. So they are going to put it on hold next week, and then probably rise again once they see all of these things coming back again. Yes, that, that's that, that. We think the challenge will come then when when the numbers will prove to be a little bit, you know, deviating away from from their forecast, uh, and therefore mm. challenging the the view that a holding for now will do the trick. So, and a bit of a uh, bit of a slowdown as well in in, const- in construction. Less construction work done than expected in Q two, uh, up just zero point four percent Q on Q, and that was from engineering projects and commercial property. Actually, private houses that that construction. Uh, as you might expect, with interest rates higher, is is well down. Yes, yes, and and again, so so showing the sensitivity from interest rates, um, mm. and and that in itself, you know, you, you'll remember that uh, you know the cumulative effect of all these hikes um, takes time to to work its way through the economy. So we don't expect a, a big change in that dynamic over, over coming months as well. No, and we saw in building permits as well down uh, eight point one percent, much bigger fall than was expected. Now, inflation numbers coming from Europe. This is interesting, isn't it? We haven't got all of them so far, but Spain's inflation rate month on month in August is 0.5% up from 0.2%. That's the, that's the headline rate. Uh, the core rate, I think, is marginally down year on year at 6.1%, but not a big move. And Germany's headline rate not coming down at all. It's still at 0.3% month on month. The core rate uh, annually is stuck at 5.5%. So we are seeing very slow progress in in Europe, and uh, of course we get the full euro area CPI read today. But Germany is a, is a chunk of that, so it's not looking encouraging, is it? No, it isn't. And um, um, what is interesting, of course, is that the the euro, for instance, has uh, performed overnight because expectations for the ECB to hike have been reinforced following mm. the data. Yeah. Uh, but this is kind of a dynamic that you say, okay, well, uh, what, so the euro is going up because rates are likely to to go higher. But the economy is actually slowing down more than, than expected. And now that you're going to have more hikes coming from the ECB, then it poses an even bigger growth challenge for the European economy. So overall, it's not necessarily good news. Uh, the, the euro is performing on that rates sort of support, uh, but the growth story will, will probably come and bite as well. So it's, 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 it's a double edge, if you like, in terms of those dynamics. And certainly the, the stickiness of, of inflation, uh, particularly in Germany, is a, is a concern. Yeah, absolutely. No soft landing there, for sure. No. Uh, Oil prices, uh, oil up today, uh, which there was a drawdown in inventories in the United States, down 11 million barrels last week. So more demand uh, pushing prices up, presumably. But also we've got storms. So Hurricane Idalia, I think, is that how you pronounce it? Anyway, as we speak, it is uh, lashing the Florida coast. And so that might hit supplies temporarily as well. Uh, Look, today, China's PMIs, manufacturing's already fallen into uh, restrictive territory, but the non-manufacturing sector still growing. But it's slowing down all the time, isn't it? So we're going to see more of that today. And is it going to hit the Aussie dollar the way it has done in the past? Or is the, uh, has China done as much damage 
damage to the Aussie dollar as can be expected for now? Um, well, yeah. So in terms of the, the PMIs, yes, there's this further decline or easing in activities expected both in manufacturing and, as you mentioned, the, the non-manufacturing is also expected to, to ease uh, a little bit more, uh, still on expansionary mode uh, to 51.2 from 51.5. Uh, but certainly the narrative of softer data coming from China is likely to continue. Um, what, what is interesting is that we haven't seen the Aussie um, really declining further. And similarly, we haven't seen CNY declining significantly on, on recent data releases, suggesting that maybe quite a lot of the bad news is, is in the price already. Yeah. Uh, and of course- We knew the story in advance. Yes. and But at the same time, we've also seen a little bit more initiatives. They're all kind of piecemeal initiatives so far, but certainly there's a lot more coming from, from Beijing in mm. terms of supporting the, the market and supporting the property market in particular. So um, our sense is that there's still more that needs to be done uh, in, in that regard. But um, at the moment, it's providing a little bit of a reprieve, particularly in terms of the volatility for currencies for CNY, which is helping the Aussie. Um, and, and as we mentioned, the, the focus is shifting a little bit towards that weakness in Europe, uh, as well as the, the softer data that has been coming or, or less strong data coming from the US, which is easing those expectations of, of, of the Fed hiking again. So um, um, a little bit of, of focus away from China at the moment, uh, but our sense is that we still have probably a bit more bad data coming um, that will challenge that view over, over coming months. And we get spending and credit data for Australia today. Now, you'd assume that, you know, there's not going to be people applying for credit right now for for households anyway, for household spending and household credit. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see a bit of investment in building and uh, machinery capex, wouldn't it? Yeah, so the the, the capex, capex number will be important not only for the GDP reading, but as you mentioned, it gives you a sense of expectations of what's the outlook for the next 12 months, which again is important uh, <clears throat> not only for you know, what, we, what we think it's going to do for the economy, but again, the, the issue around productivity and investment, which is super important, um, uh, it will be it will be part of that, that, that kind of analysis of the survey as well. And uh, the US, uh, let's finish on this, uh, because we get Chicago PMI, okay, you know, nice to have, uh, but per- personal spending <laughs> and income, uh, that's pretty important. And then the core PCE as well, that's all important, plus the jobless claims. So there's a put them all together. There's a swag of data. Yes. And so actually even linked to that revision that we had, that downward revision that we had to that Q2 GDP, we also had the downward revisions to the GDP deflator from 2.2 to 2%, and the PCE mm. also came down 3.8 to 3.7. So again, the PCE will be super important uh, in terms of what we think um, the, the Fed may do over coming months. Um, <clears throat> and, and then not only in terms of the core reading, but also in terms of the details. You know, remember that the Fed really likes to focus on on that ex-shelter uh, reading. Um, so the details of the PC today will be quite important as well. All right. And uh, Japan gets retail sales and industrial production figures for July. New Zealand publishes its business confidence numbers. Incidentally, uh, New Zealand issuing uh, half a billion in Kiwi dollars uh, worth of bonds today. Almost half of those are in five years. The rest are longer. And uh, central bank speakers uh, as well uh, have been let out. But, you know, haven't they said it all at Jackson Hole? But anyway, we'll (laughs) listen because they're talking. Uh, That'll do for now, though. We've got to go. Good to talk, Rodrigo. Okay. Cheers, Phil. Thanks.
And I'm back tomorrow morning. By the way, on the weekend edition, which is out Friday afternoon, JB Weir's Sally Old will be my guest. Of course, she is a regular on the weekday edition. But we'll be uh, talking more about central banks. Now I'll be asking her, is monetary policy the right way to cope with inflation, which is coming from supply constraints? And how well is monetary policy working right now? I mean, we have large swathes of the population in many parts of the world who've got money to spend and others who are struggling to get by. So this is a very unusual bout of inflation How is it all going to turn out? We'll find out what's in Sally's head. That's on the weekend edition uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, ready for your weekend listening. Uh, But of course, we are back tomorrow morning before that for our regular weekday edition of The Morning Call. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then.